Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today, darkness continues to rise in Darkness Rising, Part 2. The second part of our exciting five-part premiere. I do appreciate that at least this time the darkness is somewhat literal. Yes. There, there is yeah. actually some darkness, and it is, in a way, rising. Yes, this is this is actual literal darkness and not, like, five faces of... I'm gonna make y'all watch that one of these days. I kinda like it. What? I don't remember. It's super dumb, but I've always had a soft spot for the Quintessons. It's incredibly dumb. Oh, it's It's super dumb. It's so dumb. (laughs) Oh god, it's dumb. This first aired uh, November 26th, 2000 and, uh, 2010, uh, written by Nicole Dubuck. Dubuck. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this, but she... Dubuck? This is her first work on Transformers, but she, uh, she's done a ton of TV. She would go on to write a lot of uh, Transformers Prime, and she was one of the head writers on Rescue Bots. Aww. Yeah. Rescue bots. So and she cute. also wrote the theme song. What? Okay, that's pretty cool. Wait. Oh, for Rescue Bots? Yes. Huh. And I don't even know what the theme song is, but I only saw one episode. It's got one of those theme songs that like explains the premise. Yes. Oh, oh, back to Which the Which I imagine is good for a preschool show. And uh, it's by it's uh the it was performed by the Canadian band uh, Marianas Trench. Ooh. Oh, that's a good band name. But interestingly, before she became like a TV writer, she was a child actress. She was the uh, the girl on uh, Major Dad. Ooh, I did Major not. Major Dad. I I did not remember that show was a thing until you just mentioned it. It uh, no. starred uh, Gerald McRaney from uh, Simon and Simon. Yes. Uh, oh, geez, I just remembered Simon and Simon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I forgot. Also, I have been watching the second season of Jessica Jones, and uh, that that has some child actor-related things, so now I'm thinking of that. Oh. Well, I mean, I I cannot tell you whether Nicole Dubuque's mother is, in fact, terrible Rebecca de Mornay. (laughs) Oh, well. You know, I've, I've watched that first season, Jessica Jones, twice, but it still surprised me a little when I realized, oh, right, Rebecca de Mornay's in this. Yeah. Rebecca de Mornay? I'm bad with names. Anyway, um, continue back, back to... Uh, from Risky Business. Transformers. And, uh, and Runaway Train. I gotta train. remember ris- Risky Business. Run- oh, what? and, uh, and sh- she's also the hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, okay. She, yeah, uh, she killed Julianne Moore in that movie. She was in a lot of critically acclaimed movies in the 80s. 
that I didn't see. Oh, and also in uh, uh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Ernie Hudson. <gasps> Yay! Yay! Yes, digress us back to what we're talking That's about. That's right, I'm looping us back around. <laughs> so previously on Transformers Prime, uh, we met our cast. Uh, a bunch of kids started tagging along with the Autobots. And also Megatron is back from what we learned was a three-year sojourn in outer space. I feel like the most important part here is previously on Transformers Prime, we killed a guy. Also that. We killed the rock. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess he doesn't, they don't have much of his dialogue in the recap, so you don't necessarily, you are not necessarily reminded that he is the rock, but you're definitely, they want to remind you that they killed the dude. Yes. Because guess what? Uh, second verse, same as the first, in this episode. Uh-oh. Yes. So, you know, Starscream is, you know, he's sort of been running the Decepticons in Megatron's absence, and, uh, unique for most Starscreams, he's been doing a pretty good job of it. Though I, I meant yeah. to bring this up previously, but I, I very much appreciate Transformers Prime for being a series where RC does not have high heels, but Starscream does. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. He just needs that extra lift. Yes. Yes, he does. It's important. It keeps them above the rabble. Anyway, yeah, Starscream is running a good... Sort of low-key, quiet operation for him, just having drone miners, mining energy. Uh, it's kind of like uh, that first Austin Powers movie, where, like, Dr. Evil's um, been frozen, and, like, Robert Wagner is his number two, who's just, like, turned his evil organization into, like, a functional corporation. Oh, yeah. And then he gets very upset when Dr. Evil wants to go back to supervillainy. Honestly, yeah, given the way that Starscream funny. responds to what Megatron's doing in this episode... It it does feel kind of like that. Uh, because, yeah, Megatron, is he's just not really that impressed. Uh, and also, I think, I, I don't know if I noticed that, noted this last time, but uh, this is, I believe, the first Transformers series where we're doing cold opens. Um, hmm, did we have? Weirdly, um, the second season of Beast Machines sort of had it structured, so there were cold opens. But they yeah. happened after the credits. Oh. <laughs> also, so you... they do use the word drones here. Yes. yes. Starscream does. Which mm-hmm. does continue to confuse the matter of whether they are sentient or yeah, not. Yeah, for the Viacons. It's... That's going to become especially confusing in the next episode. We'll get to that. Yes. So, uh, yeah, in Beast Machines, you, you know, you get your opening credits, and then you'd get like a couple... Um, a couple minutes of story, you get a bit of a cliffhanger, there'd be a pause, and then you get the title of the episode, as if they planned for a cold open, but maybe they didn't do those on, like, kids' TV at the time. But this totally has a cold yeah. open. Because this, this is serious business. Yes, this, this series is often very serious business. Yes. I guess Beast Machines was just too kiddie for a cold open. Yeah. It wasn't that kitty. It was. It was pretty dark. It was a strange, pon- ponderous uh, exploration of uh, faith and religion. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. 
Anyway, so Megatron is not impressed by that. He's not impressed by Starscream showing off how impressive he is, uh, because he's got a chunk of dark energon, the so-called blood of Unicron. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And I think, is this the earliest into a Transformers series that we're bringing in Unicron? I think so. Yes? I mean, we're just on episode two here. Yeah. Um, well, um... Was it Energon? Did they mention him early, or or is that like? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess. I guess in the sense that it's like a second. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's a sequel series to Armada, which did have Unicron in it, although only towards the end. Our planet's kicker. (laughs) Unicron is frightening. Unicron will destroy (laughs) space. (laughs) Just as an aside, the first time I watched that episode, it was downloaded from a file that uh, had the audio synced slightly off by like half a second. So that episode for me was even more surreal than it actually was. <laughs> oh. uh, so, and as we know, nothing... Transformers don't really have metaphors. So if we say this is the blood of Unicron, it's probably literally the blood of Unicron. Yeah, yes. but it, it's crystallized and hardened and, and it... The, Later in the episode, Megatron has this giant chunk, which just kind of looks like a chunk of amethyst and rock. Like it's a big quartz I, I bought crystal. This, I bought this at the mall. <laughs> I swear, it... The space mall. It looks almost like space. a chunk of quartz I had as a kid that somewhere I lost. Oh, it's like one of those Himalayan salt lamps. Though, does he say that it's called the Blood of Unicron? Yeah, it's called the Blood of Unicron. In a way that makes it sound like it might be a metaphor? Yes, but... Well, yeah, because they also call it Dark Energon. Well, yeah. But, but as we as we know, there are no Unicron-related metaphors in Transformers. If somebody <laughs> is called the Spawn of Unicron, they're literally <laughs> the Spawn of Unicron. Damn it! Uh, yeah, th- that really should be more of a metaphor, because it sounds I like... that it makes me so sad. <laughs> Spawn of Unicron I'll, I'll... is a substitute for son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh Starscream is all uh uh doesn't that like uh bring bring the dead back to life? And so Megatron is all yes, uh hey, I've got an idea. How about you kill yourself? And we see if it really does it. <laughs> and Starscream is like, wait, wait, I've got a cadaver right here. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, he's thinking, boy, it is a good thing I murdered someone today. <laughs> well, yeah, and the miners, if they have any sentience, they gotta be thinking the same thing. There's a shitload of them standing around. Oh, and the miners are vehicons with a different head. They got two visors instead of one. Yes, as we later, mm-hmm. I think in a, uh, later this season, we're gonna find out they're like a different type. And they're like yeah, non-combat like guys. Four or five different kinds of vehicons eventually? I think so, yes. They're worker drones. Yeah. Anyway, so it's, uh, we're, we're, we head back to the Autobot base. We sort of recap what we got, we did last episode where, you know, you, the, the children must be protected as they will be targets for the Decepticons. He's a, he's a little less John Wayne in this than he was in uh, G1. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, see d- that. Does, does this count as an Optimus speechifying? I mean, I think almost every Peter Cullen line in this show is Optimus speechifying. Well, like Tom, but like, does it count as a speech? Is it the right length? I don't think it's a speech? full speech. 
Does it count as a okay. speech for tallying purposes? I really only think it counts as a speech is if you can mentally project the beginnings of a Linkin Park song and then <laughs> about you're about to cut to directed by Michael Bay. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so so this is maybe a half. Maybe somebody's making out on an Autobot. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah we will get to that. Anyway, so unfortunately, immediately they've got to run and hide because the Autobots have company. And that company is Agent Fowler. Who yeah, is oh, done. Oh, rewind for a second. Uh-huh. It'll come up again. Establishing shots. Yes. I mean, I, I got some problems with this show a bit, designs and execution, but the establishing shots of like the, uh, the Nemesis and, and their base in the middle of Monument Valley or wherever the fuck. It's like, the shots of that, oh, they're gorgeous. They're, yes. I don't know if they're entirely CG or matte painting. Well, matte painting's done digitally, but right. they look nice. They I mean, do. basically, this show is very, very pretty when it's not ghost towns that are supposed to be full of humans that they can't afford. Yes. All, the entire rest of the time, it's beautiful. Yes. Oh, and the Optimus design in this, like, he's all arms. Because, like, his, his, like, thigh, or no, um, calves are, like, dark blue. The, from his midsection to his knees is silver, with a few blue spots, and really thin, but, like, most of his mass is shoulders and arms. It's like, like, they took the upper body of a gorilla and stuck it on, I don't know, a Olympic swimmer or something? I apologize. I have skipped leg day. Yeah. I mean, Would of, you of say that designs... he is a monkey truck? <laughs> Monkey-ish truck. Like, of all the designs so far, his is the one I don't like, or like the least. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, Agent William Fowler is their government liaison. He is voiced by Ernie Hudson. He kind of looks like Ernie Hudson. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... Ernie Hudson, okay, so he did come to a BotCon as part of the show, and he is surprisingly ripped. Yeah, that is true. He is in better <laughs> shape than uh, than Fowler here. Yeah, Fowler is not in good shape. He's, he's, I think he's the best human model in this entire show. Because, like, his face just has a lot of character and ragged edges, and, yeah. and his hair kind of looks like it might be a piece. But But he's got a nice round donut in the middle. Yes. That's, like, he's, he's cartoony, but his body style is realistic, in a way. Compared, the, I mean, compared to everybody else who's a tall beanpole or whatever the hell kind of gnome Raph is. <laughs> I mean, I, child. I, this might just be me thinking, uh, Ernie Hudson. There's, I'm thinking a little, uh, little real Ghostbusters in this, uh, character design. Yeah. Yeah, I it's kind of like an, an older version of cartoon, um, the crap was his uh, Winston name. Zedmore. Winston. Winston. Why did I blink on that? He was uh, voiced by uh, Arsenio Hall because even though Ernie Hudson auditioned, they did yeah. not think he sounded enough like Ernie Hudson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Voice casting. Anyway, he just he just busts in, and he is a real he's a real hard ass with these Autobots. Yeah. Uh, I guess during the last episode, they you know. They basically left behind a Fast and the Furious movie, and he had to deal with it. <laughs> Oops. 
anyway, so the, the other humans successfully hide. He leaves. And, uh, also, I think we should point out here that Ratchet is not pleased to be left with these children and kind of implies that he will, quote unquote, accidentally step on them. Yes. Yeah, he's afraid of stepping on them, complaining they don't, like, have armor or anything. Yes. And also, uh, to, uh, Bulkhead sort of tries to intimidate Fowler a little here by Mm -hmm. uh, crushing some sort of doodad that Ratchet, uh, in the first example of his Transformers Prime yes. catchphrase, <laughs> says that he needed that. Yes. The count has begun. Yay! I love a good catchphrase. Yes. And I believe well, it is primarily yes. uh, Nicole Dubuck who is going to be using that catchphrase. Aha! I think she I, she even uses it in like an episode of Robots in Disguise that she wrote that has Ratchet in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's and... his thing. I should watch that show. It's pretty good. I mean, well, I guess we're going to get to it in like a year and a half or so. Wow. Transformers wow. Prime is very long. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so, you know, Prime is all, you know, you know, we're, we, we got this. You don't have to come in here and bust our balls. And indeed, they note that Fowler has pretty big bearings for a human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, that, that brings up so many weird implications. Yes. But none that have not been brought up before. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, we're going to get into some weird implications in a sec. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, no, I, I, I do kind of like Fowler and Prime shouting at each other because while I don't like Optimus Prime's face and his flatness, it's a good contrast against all the character that's in Fowler's face. Yes. It certainly makes him look more alien. Yeah, which is like the opposite of the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, because they use uh, Megan Fox, who appears to be some sort of uh, uh, lady android. What? No, I was just like, he's got movie prime, has so many layers and shapes and panels in his face, whereas this one just has sort of like one concave thing with a mouth sliced into it. Yeah. Really? Don't like that face. Anyway, so we're uh, we're back at Decepticon HQ. Megatron shoves this dark energon into Cliff Junker, Jumper, and it turns him into a Zack Snyder zombie. <laughs> yes. Now they say something about it reigniting his spark, but that's clearly not what's going on. It is clearly just like taking over him. It, it's infecting him, but it does not really seem to be reigniting anything to do with his spark. I mean, maybe it. Re- it reignites a spark, but like his, uh, processor and such are so degraded after being dead that he's oh, just that. like a mindless thing. I mean, I guess. I guess. I've put a lot of thoughts into the mechanics of undeath in many <laughs> different settings. Well, if we're still going by like Beast Wars rules, like his spark is gone, but his spark chamber is still there. Maybe it's activating that and. That's the signal they get. Mm-hmm. It just definitely feels like it's more that it's a, an energy using his body as a puppet. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of, kind of more of a, like a like a deadite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about the undead. I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about them. And again, this is 
really the closest we've had to a traditional zombie on, uh, or like a, like a Romero style zombie on a Transformers yeah, show. Yeah, zombie zombie, because, mm-hmm. well, the Hay Plague was weird, but similar? But not I mean, this, like, I mean, well, the, they were the still alive. The Hay Plague was very 28 days later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is somebody who is explicitly dead, and they use that word, which I don't know if they could previously use on previous shows. That's the freedom of, of being on the hub, man. It could, it could happen only on the hub. <laughs> uh, that, that was their catchphrase. Heroic Autobots dying horribly. It could yeah. happen only on the hub. <laughs> uh, the there rock was... for a single episode. It could happen only on the hub. <laughs> there, there was, of course, the G1 episode Dweller in the Depths, but I I mean, I think in context they use the word vampires in that Yeah. One. I mean, they're kind of zombie-ish, but they, I mean, they, they, and they're, they get better. Yes, and they seem to be very clearly still themselves just overcome with this horrible hunger. Mm. Whereas, as we're, as you we know, will soon a, see. As you are sometimes, as you do, being overcome by horrible hunger. <laughs> Uh, that's usually me around lunchtime. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> uh, that episode having been written uh, by Paul Dini. All right, that's also the one. That it's it's vaguely Lovecraftian. Also, it begins with my absolute <laughs> favorite little bit of Perceptor being a precious little science baby. <laughs> you you just have to see it. I have been known to just like play it over a couple times before continuing to watch the rest of the episode. He's very excited that he's completed his project. It's so good. I love Perceptor. And <laughs> anyway, speaking of Cliff Jumper, he is no longer voiced by The Rock. He's just making a bunch of Frank Welker noises. Yeah, yeah gurgling zombie noises. And then he starts mauling Viacons immediately. Yeah, like he just murders a couple of guys, finishes with <laughs> yes. them. He's just tossing body parts, goes after Megatron, and Megatron just cuts him in half. So now he's really dead. So now he's yeah. extra well, dead. Man, not not he's, even though he's uh this is this is he's this is, he's getting the Rasputin treatment here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like I I I assumed you know when I was first watching this I assumed he was just going to come back in like episode five as like a bunch of uh, ravenous cliff jumper atoms. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he's um return of the living dead zombie. I guess. Oh, now it's re- so many zombie cut types. Yeah, this yeah. Is I mean, important. he's not. Although the Return of the Living Dead zombies, those are more intelligent because because uh, they can ask you to send more paramedics. <laughs> oh, but that's after like a few years. I was just thinking they could still move after being sliced into pieces. <laughs> although he he's no longer a cliff jumper after that. He's a cliff faller because Megatron <laughs> knocks him off. A cliff shambler. Now I feel the need to point out that there's, uh, again, I'm going to bring up G1, uh, the part in Enter the Nightbird, where everyone is, all the Autobots are like jumping <laughs> up this cliff face, and then the one who can't make it up is Cliff Jumper. Oh, that episode. <laughs> That's a true hilarious. story. Listen, it's, also, it's also at BotCon 95, Raksha totally slipped that episode into the schedule at the starting time for Transformers the movie. <laughs> so we all sat through that and then watched Transformers the movie. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Cliff Jumper's zombification has, uh, 
has triggered his uh, life sensor somehow, and so the Autobots uh, detect him, and with the exception of Ratchet, they head out via ground bridge. Yes. And I believe this is the first time we see a ground... Is it in... Yeah, this is the first time we see... It's basically the space bridge, but it's on the ground, which is not a great name because all bridges are actually on the ground. (laughs) All bridges are technically on the ground to some degree. It's not a horrible name. I kind of... Saying it, ground bridge, do the hard D, it's, it's okay. It's not great, but it's not bad. What would anyway, you prefer, Earth Bridge? I mean, they really could still call it the Space Bridge. You're still moving through space, just not outer but, space. Uh... <laughs> You're still moving through a kind of space. I guess. I mean, also, it just kind of looks like the time tunnel. Yeah. Or the opening credits of Doctor Who. It does look very well, it cool, though. Twist. It's neat. I mean, all the energy type stuff on this, the dark energy on looks neat. Yeah. Yeah. So they head out. Ratchet uh, now has to explain what the ground bridge is. Uh, Mika was excited because she can go and like visit her parents in Tokyo. And uh, Ratchet is all, yes, yes, please go. I'll send all of you and you can never come back. <laughs> He's <laughs> such a jerk here. Like, more than usual. And he's usually a pretty big jerk. <laughs> he's frequently a pretty big jerk. Well, okay, I mean, you know, recently. Yes. He's more so of a jerk I... than animated Ratchet. Yeah. I mean, part of his animated Ratchet was just tired of shit. This yeah, Ratchet I mean, he was like just... an old shell-shocked veteran, whereas Grumpy. Uh, Ratchet is just kind of a Jeffrey Combs character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That pretty much sums it up. So there's a there's a big fight. Uh, the Autobots are in this Energon mine, which is apparently in Nebraska. Sure. Oh, has a place. Like they, they ground bridge in, and then they can ha- see a bunch of vehicles like carrying mining stuff and giant drills and stuff. And Prime is immediately he doesn't do stealth. He just gets up from behind a rock and starts shooting. Yes. Well, you know. I, Stealth is it, it boring. Doesn't, it doesn't seem very Optimus Prime, but then again, the the fight scene is really cool. So, eh. and also, he <laughs> turns into a truck, runs over a bunch of uh, uh, vehicles, and yells "Maximum Overdrive." Oh, I love that. I movie. guess we know what his favorite movie is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> honey, this uh, uh, this uh, this soda machine just called me an asshole. <laughs> Sadly, he does not then form like a green goblin face on his truck face. Alas. No. Well, it would be weird to get to, like, why would they have a green goblin face in, in the mine just to get stuck on his front? <laughs> there'd be, too, it'd be a nice visual gag, but there'd kind of be too much I, involved to see. I mean, obviously that would be incredibly stupid, and I don't expect it to happen. But. I'd love it to happen in some episode. Yes. But, uh, um, the, the, we can't really describe the fight scene because it's, it's visual. The camera angles are really nice. The, the fighting is okay. I think it's better than Be- most Beast Wars fighting, but the camera angles that make the fight look so much better. Yes, I mean, this is and, a very well-directed there is, show. There is one thing to describe about the fight. RC jumps onto a vehicle and does, I don't know if it's a Hurricane Rana, but she like has her legs around his head and somehow untwi- unscrews the guy's head. That seems violent and unsafe. She's brutal. Oh, I mean, she... Yes. 
all the Autobots are pretty brutal in this, but I think she's maybe the most violent. Yeah, yeah this she's is just the beginning crazy. Of murder, murder Viking, or, uh, murder hobo RC. <laughs> violent. So there's a big fight. Starscream is there. He's all, oh, hey, uh, you know, he's, uh, he, he lets Megatron know. He says that, uh, you know, Megatron needs more time to, to face Optimus. So I'm, I'm going to take off and I want you to blow this mine up. So Starscream just drops this little bomb in there. He says, uh, you know, I would, I would stick around, but I'm squeamish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Starscream. And RC finally finds Cliffjumper, or at least his torso. Half of him. Yeah. And it's like a horrible slavering monster. So it just ends up falling down to the depths of the mine. Yeah. They ground bridge out right in time, and there's a huge explosion. Yeah, big blue explosion. Okay, so Energon in this series is blue? And it was blue on Beast yep. Wars. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, I guess we're going back. I, I just, I, I'm so used to the IDW comics now where it's it's bright pink and, and looks yeah. like glowing blood. Yeah. I can't, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure if we actually see much bleeding in this show. Well, actually, no, I guess we did see all that. Uh, well, we did last episode. Right, lots the, of bleeding. I, and I think they bleed blue. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, yes, they do. So RC uh, much, is still Much like blood. myself as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. But yeah, so, so this also begins the trend of R.C. is painted the color of blood. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they get out. R.C. tells everybody that, you know, she what she saw wasn't cliff jumper. At least it wasn't anymore. Dun dun. And then she what starts getting back? woozy because she's got uh, a bunch of evil juice on her. She's got some evil juice yeah, splashed which, uh... onto her. Zombie icker. I guess it makes sense that somebody has to get some Unicron blood on them to set up next episodes. But, yes. And it makes most sense that it's her since she touched Cliffjumper, but it's really annoying that they come back to the base and the first thing she does is swoon. Yeah, that's like, true. Oh. It does I, seem a little at first like she's being emotionally overcome by the moment, yes. Yeah, yeah I thought that for a sec, too. But, I mean, it does make the most sense with the plot, since she was the one who knew Cliffjumper, and it wouldn't have as much impact if, like, Bumblebee. Yeah. Especially since he'd be explaining what happened in a series of bleeps and bloops. Yeah, yeah. and, then, and then, everyone then everyone would have to sort of, like, half-repeat everything he says, and it would just yeah. be super awkward. And also, our, uh, Miko was trying to, you know, ask him about how cool this, this fight was, and she just, that girl cannot read the room. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, not at all. And, like, Ratchet scrapes off most of the, the goop and sends RC into a, what is it, decontamination de- chamber? A, de- a decontamination bath. There. Yes. Yeah, and she's only he in there like go- 15 seconds before the scene continues. Well, she's you know. She's right back out. She's in a hurry. She wants to come hang out with everybody else again. I guess I, I'm just used to like decontamination in almost any other bit of science fiction or even not that much science fiction. Like, it takes like half an hour or so. Nope. It takes a montage scene normally. Yeah, yeah like a montage, but this is like, in the same conversation, he sends her in, she comes back out and gets turned into a babysitter. <laughs> well, they have exciting futuristic space robot technology. 
And, and I, you know, we sort of get the whole Transformers mission statement because we've got, you know, robots with emotions. Robots who can die. <gasps> yeah. I am very glad that Jack did not say robots in disguise because I was waiting for yeah. that. <laughs> it was it was like point, the yeah, the new Jurassic hmm. World trailer with with Doctor Malcolm. It's See, like life uh, uh, it, uh, finds a way. Fuck you! <laughs> you <laughs> chuckled. Yeah, it's a thing. It's, it's it's like somewhere in the I don't know past ten or fifteen years, it's gone from like. Hey, we like hearing these things from old stuff over again to, oh shit, don't say that again. God damn it. <laughs> Please never say once you'll stand and once you'll fall ever again. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it forever. Please. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so they, everybody's, so that, you know, it's, it's Saturday. We got to take these kids home. Um, Sorry, I guess it's Friday. No, it's Friday. It's Friday night right. at this point. Yeah. So Bulkhead takes Miko, Bumblebee takes care of Raph, and it is Archie who uh, takes home Jack. She does not want to. No, also, she does not want- at, at first, Prime turns to Ratchet. He's like, busy. He's just like, yep. nope. <laughs> I mean, and also, oh, it yeah, might- I don't, I don't want to touch the squishy things. Again, people are only going to ask questions if he comes home in an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> Well, no, we don't, well, we, it's Ratchet, of course he's an ambulance, but we don't see his alt mode for a while. No, I don't think, it, I think it's not until, like, his reanimator episode. Hmm. hmm. All because he's busy in the base, doing busy things. Yep. And I'll, I like that RC kind of tries to fake being woozy again, but <laughs> that makes <laughs> her go anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the doctor knows better. <laughs> yep. Ratchet is like, yeah. nope. Your physician says you're fine. <laughs> you're not getting a doctor's note. Uh, so, he, he, she does get him home, but just in time for his mom to get home. This is June Darby, played by Marky Post. Yay! And I... Oh, yeah, and R.C. was like, transforms in their garage and is turned around and about to shoot mom as she's driving up in the car. Yes. Which is odd. Decepticons <laughs> disguised as a medium-sized sedan. <laughs> I mean, if they're actually going to disguise themselves, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that would be a good unassuming disguise. Nope. It's never what they're doing. But luckily she, and yes, anyway, that is, uh, that is Night Court's Marky Post. I think, uh, I don't know if it's explicitly mentioned now, but she is a nurse. I'm well, pretty sure she's in scrubs she's got, when she. Shows. Yeah, she's yeah, in scrubs. Scrubs. I guess she, she could be a doctor. Yeah, that would well, be nice. Yeah, because yeah, like um, I don't know if I've seen green scrubs in freaking forever. They tend to be more colorful. Anytime mm. I see nurses around, or any of the last time I've been to the hospital, more cheerful colors. Although that may be a more recent thing that available the ability of more colorful scrubs. Yes, mm. or a loosening of regulations. <laughs> For the yeah. sake of morale. Well, it makes sense, because that shade of green is like antiseptic and... Uh, it's, it's like hospital wide. green. Yeah, it's <laughs> not going to cheer up the patients. Anyway, she is not pleased, because R.C. is transformed, but she assumes that Jack has bought a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. With what money? Well... I mean, he, do- he does work at the K.O. Burger. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they gotta like, make all she's a nice, kinds of money. shiny, new-looking thing, and like he can't make that much money to afford a new-looking bike. Jack says it's used, and and then the conversation. Yeah, he's trying to neg her. He's uh, he's totally negging her. Uh, you know, it's used. He's got all sorts of problems. Yes, and th- there's innuendo in this in like three different layers of. This is Jack introducing his mom to his new girlfriend. <laughs> By way of like, okay, she's a bike, but there's some twist of phrase that I probably should have written some down of it. But there is one line where Jack's mom says, okay, if you're going to ride it, make sure you wear your helmet. <laughs> I at least read in you into into that. I did not, but I'm actually from like, a motorcycle background. I think we've mentioned that, like, there is a motorcycle shop in my family that I grew up, you know, hanging out at. Oh. So I did not see innuendo there because I'm just used to that being a thing that is perfectly oh. normal to say. Gotta, I gotta be safe. Yeah. Well, it's safety, but you, you know, slang. Yes. Also that. And uh, in what I hope is also not innuendo, uh, oh yeah, she says that it's okay, but uh, you gotta gotta let me uh, gotta take me for a ride sometime. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of where the the, the the innuendo breaks down, yeah. or just gets really creepy. <laughs> yeah, this I'm not getting into that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. None of that. And so, indeed, the next morning, uh, he's got to go back to base, even though it's Saturday. Yeah, Arcee's making noise in the garage, waking Jack up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, she's worrying, it's like she's worrying about him, and to tell, what, is it, what does she say, to tell your mom you love oh, her to, or to leave your mom a note, she worries oh, about you. Oh, leave your mom you. a note. Yeah. Yes, that's adorable. That's why she, you leave a note. It's like she's a, I, I, I don't want to say nagging, she's a worrying girlfriend who's a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think my girlfriend is a robot who lives in my garage. I think that's the next Christine Love game. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it does involve a road trip. Get on the motorcycle, loser. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so uh, we get we go back to Decepticon HQ. We've got a ridiculous Megatron line that I wrote down here, where he's just talking to the Dark Energon. Yes. Yeah, that's blood of oh, bl- and. And I, I may not have mentioned this episode, but Frank Welker is really good on this show. Yes. Yeah, surprisingly good. Like, cause we, I think we mentioned last episode or the episode before, like we were worried about Frank Welker coming back, but oh, he did. This is the best Megatron he's ever Megatroned. It's really good. Still not the best Megatron, period. Beast Wars Megatron is still better, but this is a really good menacing Megatron. He's so crazy. Also, I would like to note, since we just came off Transformers Animated, that he does refer to Prime as my old friend, so we are back to Megatron, who actually knows who Prime is. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he knows his name. (laughs) So, that's that's good, at least. Yes. Blood of Unicron, how, how I might fathom the depths of your mystery, become worthy of wielding your astonishing power. Yeah, he's he's crazy, Megatron. It's, it's <laughs> he's crazy, Megatron. So yeah, he's uh, 
So, you know, we're back on the Decepticon ship. Megatron is, you know, I don't know if Optimus actually died in that explosion. And uh, Starscream's all, you know, Me- Megatron may even hanging out with the Dark Energon too much. <laughs> and Megatron's all, no, I don't think I've been hanging out with the Dark Energon enough. <laughs> and then he just takes some of it and plunges it into his own spark. The way I, <laughs> the way I put it in my notes is, perhaps you should touch it less. Perhaps I should touch it more! <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's it's like such touch, a touch, weird touch, touch, touch. Jump like it, it's more of a jump in a weird bad sci-fi movie. Like your first experiment, shoving this crystal into something, turns it into an unthinking, stupid, rambling, violent beast. And oh, second experiment, I'll shove it in myself. It's like there should be a middle step. <laughs> Shove it into, like, a working Viacon and see what happens there first. Nope. He's just gonna jam it right in his own chest. Maybe he's not doing it enough. And it kind of gives him uh, the look of... It's like when you hold a flashlight under your face. Yes. To be spooky. Yeah, he's he's got kind of, like, purple rave lighting, I guess. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I think Sandstorm's about to play. <laughs> oh. So, back at the Autobot base, uh, Ratchet is uh, dicking around with the Dark Energon. Uh, he doesn't have, you know, enough technology, so just walking it around, he drips some of it on that doodad that Bulkhead uh, broke, and so it comes to life. It basically turns into Scalpel from... Yes. Yeah. And in fact, it's sort of similar to the um, the stuff from the first Transformers live-action movie where the AllSpark was bringing, like, phones and stuff to life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, too. It's, it's very spindly and spiky. Mm-hmm. And evil. <laughs> Why were things evil when the AllSpark brought them to life? I don't well, know. I mean, yeah, in this case, it is dark and... Well, yes. Yeah, in this case, it makes perfect sense because it's it's Unicron blood shit. But like in the movie, it never made sense. Like why everything was evil and brought to life. Yes, I think there was something about them all being derived from Megatron technologically. I don't know. Yeah, well, that makes sense for the cell phones. Why did that do that to a vending machine? Is there Megatron technology in a vending machine? Apparently. I mean, it does, a compu- it does look like a computer in it, I guess. I guess it's tiny chip. I, <laughs> I mean, either that or Mountain Dew is the blood of Unicron. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so are you going to say there's also like a computer chip and a steering wheel that tries to eat somebody's face? I mean, there probably is a computer chip in there. I don't know, cars. Computer chips are all, all, in all sorts of car parts. I don't know new cars. I just assume all things in them have little computer chips somewhere that are going to break and then cost you $1,000 to fix. Mm, this is why I only drive 20-year-old Volvos. It's the, it's the Internet of Things. Yeah. The internet of shit. That's a very good Twitter account. People should follow it. Anyway, are right, and we that done with the episode? That is that is the episode. Yeah, it it, it attacks the camera and uh, to be continued. <sighs> dun dun dun. That's it. And so yeah, the that end. is the episode. I mean, you know, plenty of stuff happening in this episode. Once more, Cliff Jumper is horrifically murdered. 
Yay! twice in one episode yeah. because he presumably blew up with the rest of the uh with the rest of the mine. Yeah. Presumably we do is I parts of him ever come back? I don't think so. I think that he later appears in a flashback episode, but I think that's the last we see of him. Yeah. Uh, Chronologically, I think that's the last we see of him. And then this continues Jack being hot for RC or running trend. Why? So disturbing. I'm not sure how much of it is intentional. I mean, I don't fault his taste, but, you know. I don't... It feels like it's at least partially intentional, but, well, not robosexuality, but, but like, the flirtiness nature of relationships. It's just the fact that she's a motorcycle and he rides her that just builds up the innuendo. Like, if she was just a car, it wouldn't be as naughty. But it's motorcycle vibrating thing between your legs. It's really suggestive. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, please join us next time for Darkness Rising Part Three, the middle part. A lot of darkness. It takes a long time oh, to rise. It's like a casserole. The middle part of an arc is usually the boring souffle. Thing. That's what I meant. It's like a souffle. But of course, until then, we are all over uh, the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting costs. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And uh, ch- please check out our uh, Patreon. Uh, toss us a little cash, and in return, for a mere dollar a month, you get a special bonus episode. Uh, February's was on Black Panther. What will March's be about? It's a mystery. Dun dun. Uh, did we already say what we were doing? But I can't remember if we did or not. Did we? we just, well, we, we haven't recorded the damn thing yet. But, uh, no. Uh, well then, David, why don't you tell us all what it's going to be? It'll be a surprise for me too. It's going to be come out of friends. It's oh, been a while. right, right, right. Yeah, no. I don't think any movies are out now that we want to go see. Or that are, this new Pacific Rim. Most of the time we go see good movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Most of the time we go see good movies. Yeah. Like, we've been seeing, like, Marvel movies and Star Wars and stuff. It's like, not that I'm suggesting we should see bad movies, I'm just suggesting we should see some weirder things that aren't movies. Right. And also, I am not paying money to see Ready Player One. (laughs) Hell, I, I, I was considering maybe forcing us to go for uh, a really bad review, but. What about Five Faces of Darkness? That'd be better, but like when the Ready Player One shitty mock posters came out, fuck no, fuck no. <laughs> They're even badly put together. It's like the the color composition doesn't work with the old artwork. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, at least Photoshop that shit well. But you shouldn't do it in the first. Uh,
Ah, oh, that thing makes me angry. <laughs> At least I know it can't make as much money as Black Panther. Oh, so much Black Panther money. At least you know it forever. can't hurt you. No, it can't physically hurt me. I just, I'll try to ignore it as best as possible. <laughs> it, it'll pass. It'll fade away, much like Funko Pops are eventually going to die out. <laughs> They'll outlive us all. <laughs> yeah. Well, physically, I mean, yes. But. Yes. Anyway, 